Welcome to the Red Shirts Fantasy Football Podcast with your hosts, Matthew Betts and Matt Okada. What is up? Welcome in to another injury recap episode of the Red Shirts Fantasy Football Podcast. This is your host and physical therapist, Matthew Betts, here to talk about the injuries that happened in Week 8. We're going to talk about some guys returning from injury and what you can expect in regards to their performance here moving forward so that when you go to make your waiver claims, you have all the injury information uh, you need to stay ahead of your league mates. If you're not already, follow the show at Pod. Follow me at the Fantasy PT and Okada is at Matt Okada. All right, everyone, let's get over into the injuries from this past week. Let's start all the way back on Thursday Night Football. Case Keenum uh, is the first name up here on the list. He suffered a concussion and didn't return uh, in the second half. So for you know Case Keenum, the nice thing is this injury happening on Thursday. He's got those extra four days or so to you know, get back out. Most of players now are missing at least one game with concussion-like symptoms. And, you know, the reason for that is the league is getting a little bit more uh, strict in terms of their guidelines in return to play. In the medical field, you know, we're learning so much more about concussions every single week. Uh, so it's good that, you know, these guys are taking their time getting back out there and reducing the risk for the second concussion because that can be uh, that can be big time, as we've seen so far with Sterling Shepard, and we'll talk about with Brandon Cooks. But for Keenum, let's let's call him day to day. Let's see what happens this week in practice. We'll see what he does. The real fantasy implication here is, you know, no one's really relying on Case Keenum, but Terry McLaurin, who has been absolutely solid this season with Keenum under center, um, is going to take a huge hit here if Dwayne Haskins plays in relief of Keenum. So let's watch what happens here. Uh, and if Keenum is going to start as per usual, McLaurin should be fine. If Haskins starts, huge downgrade there uh, for Terry McLaurin. Next name on the list is Chase Edmonds. He suffered a left hamstring strain uh, in Sunday's game against the Saints. This is a grade two injury given the timeline of him being projected to be out for multiple weeks. Really, this is a situation where, you know, for Edmonds, he had one shot to be the guy. David Johnson dealing with injury, and he's looked good in his opportunity, but this is really going to affect his value rest of season. Grade two injuries typically take about a month to get back out there to full strength. So, you know, we're entering week nine. Of course, that puts him right around week 12, week 13 before he's back to 100%. And we have to talk about now the news from today. The team just acquired Kenyon Drake for a 2020 draft pick. So, I think this tells you what you need to know about his situation, specifically with Edmonds, is that, yeah, I think the team knows they're going to be without him for about a month. And now we got to talk about David Johnson, who is dealing with injuries of his own. Let's go back two weeks to uh, the situation, which was his back. The first issue with him was, was the back injury. He played through it, was pretty effective, but picked up an ankle injury in that game. And, you know, the following week, that's when he played three snaps. That's when... Cliff Kingsbury fooled all of us into saying he was going to be active in play uh, and, you know, just wasn't right. And then, of course, sat last week. So David Johnson, I still don't think is close to returning at this point. I don't think that this Kenyon Drake signing is a kiss of death by for David Johnson by any means. But the team plays this Thursday, so it's a short week. The team is required by the league to release uh, their injury information or their practice report 
on Mondays as if the team would hold practice. They actually don't. But they projected uh, David Johnson would have been out today on Monday. So let's see what happens here for the rest of the week. But I don't feel great about Johnson this week. I think the team sits him this week and gives him that extra um, you know, three to four days with the Thursday game to get back for the following week. So I don't think David Johnson plays this week. I'm still not ready to jump ship yet on Johnson. This Kenyon Drake signing to me is more of a depth piece moving forward and a situation where they know they're without Edmonds for a while. DJ Foster uh, was another running back on their roster. He's now on injured reserve. So outside of Zach Zinner and Alfred Morris, they had to get someone to play for them here moving forward. And I think it's Kenyon Drake for this week, but a tough matchup against the Niners on Thursday Night Football. Calvin Ridley is dealing with a concussion. We'll call him day-to-day because we know that recovery timeline is never uh, it's never linear. So just because he does more on Tuesday doesn't mean he'll do more on Wednesday, vice versa. It is really a situation where you just monitor kind of what the players are doing, see how they respond, and see how their symptoms are basically in response to the increase in activity. So um, we'll see kind of what happens here for Calvin Ridley. This week, we're not going to get much information, unfortunately, with the team on by, but two weeks to recover from his concussion. It's his first one of the season, so I would suspect that he will have a pretty good shot to be ready uh, for Week 10. So Calvin Ridley, obviously not playing this week on the bye. I think he's good to go in two weeks. Next player also dealing with concussion, we talked about it earlier, is Brandon Cooks, and this one worries me for sure. Um, you know, the situation here with concussions is we know through research that the second concussion is really the issue, the, the, the bigger issue, I should say. The first one, yes, it's important, of course. These are all very serious injuries. The second one, you know, only two months into the season, now for Brandon Cooks, it's his second this season. It's, I think, to my knowledge, it's his third or fourth uh, of his career. Most notably, he had the one against the Eagles in the Super Bowl when he got knocked out. So, you know, we know the second concussion in the same season is huge. It takes much longer to get back onto the field. The other issue is, you know, you, you have to factor in a previous history of concussion for sure. And by now, you know, the, the poster child for this is Jordan Reed. We all know what happened with him. He's now on injured reserve because of concussions, and he's had too many to count for his career. So I'm not saying Brandon Cooks is at that level by any means, but certainly if you're asking me to, to project Brandon Cooks moving forward, I would not suspect to see him um, in Week 10 even. So the team is on bye in Week 9. I don't think we'll see him in Week 10. I think it could be a multi-game absence, similar to what we're seeing with Sterling Shepard. So if you've got Cooks, you'll have to make some backup plans here in the next couple of weeks. Next player here on the list, uh, Miles Sanders currently dealing with a shoulder injury. Right now, the diagnosis isn't known. So I went back and watched this game a second time, and I couldn't see the injury. I couldn't find by video where it happened. So I'm not really exactly sure what is the exact diagnosis here for Sanders, but he left the game, got x-rays on the shoulder. Those came back negative. So that's a good sign as far as no broken bones. He had an MRI today on Monday. As of this recording, which is about 5.30 on Monday evening, we don't have the results or the, the news hasn't broke with those results. So um, I'll keep you guys posted on Twitter as to what happened with Miles Sanders. And I'm sure Okada and I will talk about it uh, on Thursday when we recap uh, the injuries throughout the week and we kind of preview the week ahead. So look for an update from us on Thursday, but I think Miles Sanders is going to be fine. Next player here, D.D. Westbrook. He entered the week questionable with shoulder and neck injuries. And, you know, he's been playing for the past couple of weeks with the same injury. 
He started again. This time he left early with that injury and, and aggravation of the injury. You guys will hear me say this you know, all year long. Uh, an aggravation basically means you're looking at longer recovery timelines. So for Didi, dealing with these neck issues and these shoulder issues, I don't know exactly what's going on, but the relationship between the neck and the shoulder is very close, meaning you can have dysfunction or injury at one that leads to the injury of the other and vice versa. So they're very difficult to treat. It can take a couple of weeks for sure to really get back to 100%. So the nice thing about Didi's injury and the timing of it is the team goes on by this week, so he'll have two weeks built in to recover. But I certainly don't think uh, he's a lock to get back out of the bye uh, in week 10. So I would say he's out for week 9, team's on bye week 10. He probably could come back week 11, week 12, but we'll see what happens here uh, for DD moving forward. Next player on the list, this is minor. Aaron Jones left Sunday Night Football with a shoulder contusion, was evaluated, and then came right back in and continued to be effective moving forward. So I don't think there's any real concern here for Aaron Jones. Just wanted to put it on everyone's radar in the event that his name pops up on the Packers injury report. Uh, that's why. But again, I have no concern about Aaron Jones, and I will be starting him uh, in the leagues where I do have him. Sam Darnold suffered a left thumb sprain on Sunday, but this is not a big concern for me at all. If this was to his right hand, obviously, that's a very different situation uh, with that being his throwing hand and throwing shoulder. So, yeah, for, for Darnold, just again, mentioning this as if, you know, you see his, his name on the list and you see thumb, don't worry, this is not his right hand. So he'll be fine as far as throwing the ball with accuracy, uh, with velocity. Questionable whether or not this could affect his grip. Let's say he's, you know, he's giving a handoff uh, with his left hand. It could certainly affect his grip. So they may try to run Le'Veon Bell to Darnold's right, uh, which would be the left side of the line, to try to mitigate this issue. Something to look for here in the, in the next game or two. But again, from a performance standpoint, I think Darnold is fine. I also think his receiving options there uh, are both fine as well. Before we get on to the, the next list of players here, I just want to let everyone know that today's episode is brought to you by the Fantasy Footballers Ultimate DFS Pass Listen, guys, if you're playing daily daily sports, daily fantasy football, uh, you have got to check out the ultimate DFS pass from Andy, Mike, and Jason. Obviously, these guys do great work. They've got uh, you know some some awesome resources for sure. Their best cash pickups, uh, their best DFS tournament plays. I mean, you name it, they have got it. And if you want to save a little bit of money while winning some money, go on over to RedshirtsUDK.com and use the code red shirts when you buy your uh, DFS pass and you'll save yourself 10%. Again, that's redshirtsudk.com, code red shirts. All right, everyone, back to the list of players here. Just a couple of more. Matt Breda suffered a left ankle sprain. This is your your classic uh, you know, inversion mechanism where you rotate the the foot inward and kind of twist the ankle, so to speak. So this is, you know, classic. We've all I'm sure had these Roughly about two to three weeks is my projected recovery timeline here for Breda, but I think he can still play through this even on a short week. I saw a report after the game that uh, Breda, if this was you know a playoff game, if the game was closer, you know those kind of situations, he may have come back in. But again, uh, Tevin Coleman absolutely stole the show on Sunday. The team was blowing out the Panthers, so they didn't really need him to come back, and it was smart of them to sit him in the second half with the short week here on Thursday. So uh, I don't think Breda is 100%. I think he'll play with tape on his ankle, but he should be able to play through this. And if you remember to a couple of years ago, 
or even last year, I think it was, um, Breda dealt with ankle issues off and on all season, and it was to the same ankle. So this matters for sure as far as his re-injury risk. I think it is relatively high for Breda because of the fact that he'll play on a short week and because of the fact that he has a history of ankle issues. So something to monitor. But again, you know, let's let's monitor the practice reports. The team listed Breda today on Monday as if he would have been limited. So we'll see what he does throughout the week, but I think he does give it a go uh, on Thursday. Last player here, Joe Flacco herniated a disc in his neck. This came out of nowhere, honestly, to me. I mean, I didn't see the play happen. I didn't really see any video of him getting injured. I did go back and look and saw uh, some trainers kind of like working on his neck, um, you know, today on Monday after the fact when the news broke. So, I don't really know, you know, exactly when it happened or what hit it was, but regardless, a herniated disc is definitely, you know, a a pretty legitimate injury. It's it's going to take him a couple of weeks at least to get back to uh, football and get back to playing safely. I don't know the exact degree for Joe Flacco as to how bad this is, but disc injuries can cause uh, numbness, tingling, uh, weakness in the arms, those kind of things, which are all pretty serious, and you want to get those resolved as fast as possible. So, uh, for Joe Flacco here, you know he's already been ruled out for Week Nine. Um, Brandon Allen is going to start against the Browns. the The plan, you know, this is per NFL Network's Ian Rappaport. The plan is for the team to basically give Flacco a few weeks to recover, and if he's unable to get back to himself and, and really recover all the way, he's going to be put on injured reserve. So. Um, it's it's pretty murky right now for Joe Flacco. It's obviously a downgrade, I think, for uh, Cortland Sutton. We'll see what happens here over the next few weeks. But regardless, at least for Week 9, Joe Flacco is out. Brandon Allen is in. All right, everyone. A couple of updates for some players here getting back onto the field. Let's start with Devontae Adams, who you know, there was some excitement, I think, this week in practice for Adams. And it seemed a little far-fetched, in my opinion, the injury report technically listed Adams as did not practice every single day this week, was listed as doubtful uh, for their game, and clearly didn't play. There was some video of him doing some individual drills, catching a couple of passes, but I want to caution everyone. You know, he he didn't really run at full speed. Like, he was jogging at maybe 25% of his effort, so it was very minor. Not a lot of push-off there in the toe, which obviously with his turf toe is such a huge concern. So... All that's to say is he's got a chance to come back this week, but I would feel way less confident if he came back this week versus week 10 or even after their week 11 bye. So let's see what happens here with Devontae Adams this week in practice. I want to see him get in a full practice to to really have trust in him and trust in his health here moving forward because as we've seen with A.J. Green in the past, this can turn into uh, an issue very quickly for the rest of the season. If this doesn't get treated the first time, uh, the first time around, I would say you know if, if I'm the Packers, you have to look at your your record here. Only one loss in the season, they're in a very good position to to make a playoff push. I would think they're conservative here in Week Nine and maybe target Week Ten or Week Twelve after the bye. That's my opinion, but we'll see what happens. Patrick Mahomes again, same same story. People got really excited seeing him in practice, and for a guy that was a week out from dislocating his kneecap. Yeah, he looked pretty good, but he looked like a guy a week out from dislocating his kneecap, meaning a big bulky brace on his knee, um, not really moving quickly and, and certainly not cutting on his knee, but it's encouraging. Like He's definitely trending in the right direction. This is a, a an injury where you want to push out the return to play timeline as long as possible 
to reduce the risk of re-injury and re-dislocation. So for Mahomes, you know, there's a chance he plays this week. I doubt it. I would say a week 10 return is probably more likely. The team gets uh, Tennessee that week, so they might try to get him out there for that matchup rather than this week against the Vikings. Like I said, because each week you push it back, the re-injury risk is lower, and obviously this team has Super Bowl aspirations. Patrick Mahomes is their future. It makes sense for them to be conservative with him, and I think they will. Once he does get back out there in terms of his performance, I expect he will play with a brace on his knee, which will probably limit his mobility quite a bit um, outside of the pocket. So you might not see Patrick Mahomes do Patrick Mahomes things for a few weeks, especially uh, in the first game or two back out there because that will limit his mobility. He'll have to stay in the pocket. And I think you'll see a bit of a quicker passing attack from Andy Reid's offense uh, as a result. All right, everyone, that does it for the the recaps here. I've got two players I want to talk about, and we've got some listener questions in regards to these two players. Let's go ahead over and get into the mailbag. Let's talk about the mail. Can we talk about the mail, please, Mac? I'm dying to talk about the mail for you all day, okay? All right, this first question comes in from at PD Wubbs on Twitter. He said, do you see Geis continuing to have lower body injury issues throughout his career? Is he a potential NFL career bust? Um, that's, that's a tough question to answer is especially because of the, you know, the, the label of being a bust. I would say we can't, we can't talk about that yet. I don't think he's there yet. He's still only in his second season. And obviously we know the disaster with the recovery from the ACL, but, um, I still think there's hope for Darius Geis. I I've talked about it in the past where I've said leading up to draft season, everyone started to get excited. And I said, you know, we got to pump the brakes. The, the infection and from his previous ACL injury and the surgery matters because it pushes back his timeline. So, you know, you or I, if we would have had this injury with no infection, would have been doing strengthening exercises and starting to run and doing, you know, all these things faster than he would have. And so we can't really expect a ton from Geis soon in his second season, uh, which would be this season, obviously. Then he has the injury on the opposite side, the meniscus injury, goes on injured reserve after surgery again and is expected to come back uh, in week 11. He was seen doing some some light drills today in practice. So he's eligible to practice. He's eligible to play uh, in week 11, but he can get out there and do some things with the team right now. As far as the you know the concern there, it's not as much of a re-injury risk. Like, I think he'll be fine moving forward, but you have to account for the fact that this guy hasn't really played NFL football at all in his NFL career. He played a half of football against the Eagles in week one, and that's it. So is he someone that I'm excited about rest of season, especially in that offense? No, certainly not. And with the way Adrian Peterson is playing, why would the team rush guys back and, and put him in a situation to fail, basically, when there's so much for him to learn behind Adrian Peterson? Do I see him having continued lower body issues throughout his NFL career? Certainly his risk of re-injuring his knee is higher than someone else, for sure. We know that every time a player has an ACL injury, they are more likely to have a future ACL injury than someone who has not had an injury. So, yeah, that definitely elevates his risk, but I'm not I'm not ready to, to call him a bust by any means. I'm not ready to predict you know his career is going to be plagued with injury. But you don't want to see this trend continue. So I think the best thing for Geis and for his value moving forward is really let the team slow play him back from this injury, Give him a few touches each game behind AP and then spend the offseason really getting right, really getting strong, rehab that thing the way it's supposed to be done, and then come back uh, in 2020 and really take over the lead role. That's that's what I would prefer to see happen. And if that does happen, 
I would feel a lot more confident about Geis than if the team would rush him back and give him 20 touches in his first game back on the field. Next question here from at Don Juan Megatron wants to know, does J.J. Watt come back from this injury? So if you missed the news yesterday, J.J. Watt uh, suffered a torn pec tendon uh, in the team's win over the Raiders. And unfortunately, he is now going to be placed on injured reserve. He'll have surgery to repair that injury, to repair the tendon, which, um, you know, those are a long recovery. Anytime you repair a soft tissue injury, it is usually several months. Sometimes you're looking up to six months. Sometimes you're looking at nine to a year. So, um, you know, for J.J. Watt, like, I do think he can, can come back from this, but obviously it's not this year. I think it's going to be something where we'll see him kind of get close to being ready for week one next year. There's no guarantee, but I think he'll be ready close to that point. J.J. Watt, I mean, three of the last four years has landed on injured reserve, so it's it's tough for him for sure. You know, he's got a myriad of injuries. We've got uh, the elbow dislocation. He has the tibial plateau fracture. He herniated uh, a disc in his back multiple times um, and had surgery. So it's it's kind of like a Gronk situation where it just seems like J.J. Watt is, is wearing down for sure. He's got two more years left on his contract there with the Texans, so I think he plays that out. But is he going to be the every down player and the absolute uh, monster that we've seen, you know, down after down after down so far in the NFL? Probably not from this point forward. I would say the team needs to utilize him in a way that's uh, more of uh, a workload, a shared workload role, right? Just like a running back. You, got, you can't play this guy on every snap. He just isn't really holding up the way you would hope. Um but I think J.J. Watt does come back from this one for sure, especially because we know how hard he works and how much that city loves him. And let's not mention, you know, the fact we can't forget that it matters. His his leadership matters so much to that team. So I think he comes back, but I don't think we'll really ever see the same old J.J. Watt that we have seen so far uh, in his career. All right, everyone, that does it for this week's injury recap episode. If you like what you're hearing, hit me up on Twitter at the Fantasy PT. Um, give me some feedback. Is this too much information? Is this not enough? Do you want a longer episode? Uh, Okada and I really want to be, you know, for our listeners. We want to try to provide unique content. We want to be different than other podcasts. And we want to try to give you an advantage over your league mates so that you can win. Uh, and if we can change anything that we're doing to help that happen, let us know for sure. All right, guys, it's been a blast. I will catch you on Thursday when Okada is back. Uh, and until next time, we are the Red Shirts. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of the Red Shirts Fantasy Football Podcast. Hit us up on Twitter at RedShirtsFFPod and check out our website, RedShirtsFantasyFootball.com.